0: You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at RE-MAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the preferred home team at Remax Advantage Plus. <coughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, anyways.
1: Just well, at least it's compliant with everything else. What? Yeah. I said, at least it's compliant with everything else you do.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just your name and your number. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, true. That's supposed for, to go at the bottom of, of the sign.
1: Yeah. For those of you guys that don't know that, the uh, real estate is super regulated by broker. Broker has to be predominant uh, more than the agent on ads. Not anymore. Um, not anymore.
0: Changed. Oh dear, well, hey. it's, now it's up to your broker how you can do it. I did not get the memo. I know. I know. Well, you're you you you're not a broker. See, I got, I had that memo. And it, well, was, it was kind of interesting because it was, I remember in the old days, it's, it's funny you should bring it up. I mean, the most prominent thing was, and I was at the realty house. I mean, the realty house was huge. And then the rest of my little listing had, had nothing to it because you couldn't afford it. What it used to be in the paper, and so that right. game of brokerage was a killer.
1: Well, you know, and I I've always said this anyway. Like when you're building your own individual identity, right? And you have you're spending a ton of money to bring customers back to you, and the broker, if somebody's trying to investigate, as long as I've always felt this, as long as when they go, okay, Andy Pratt, oh, Remax Advantage Plus, I, that that's all I feel my obligation is, you know, because most people don't even understand that we work under a broker. They they think I mean we've done zero job of educating the consumer on the relationship brokers have with the real estate agent. And that's why there's so much again confusion with, with buyers and sellers is because they don't they
0: don't know that. And I think before what they're trying to do is um, separate us from the shysters, meaning that right. they saw our brokerage, so they knew that we were listed. And if you if you didn't, you know, it's more like buyer beware. Now there's so many buyer beware, seller beware disclosures and everything that's out there that uh, it's uh, uh, pretty, <laughs> you, you definitely know who's representing who, who's getting paid, right. how they're getting paid, all that fun stuff.
1: Well, and and, and like we all know, technically, the, the broker carries the listing. We're salespeople for the broker, you know, and so it's, it is it is the broker's deal, I guess you could say, so.
0: I'm, I'm kind of curious about the guy in the corner over there, Andy.
1: I've been, uh, I've been trying to make him nervous by not asking him.
2: I'm used to this, the podcast. I can handle a little silence. But today, I'm on the roof because they're doing a lot of construction, so my room is very loud. But here's a little view from the rooftop. Where are you, Nick, by the way? Woo! Florianapolis. Is that in uh, Iowa? <laughs> Close <laughs> five five thousand miles I think away
0: nice. Nick, you'll be happy to hear we're we're pretty much all white here now, so there will be a white Christmas if you actually came home to see it Take i'll be four.
2: uh I'll be doing this Woo, very crazy <laughs> that's my Christmas oh can, Andy, I, can i
1: send you
0: he, money he might be your son i'm thinking he might be your son everyone on here would think he's your son not mine
1: we, we should talk to christine about that that uh that's a very good question yeah
0: those moves i I tell you I had I think I I moved a little he's a little stiff on those moves he's got to loosen up a little.
1: I think we should save that sound by very crazy <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right what's that happening? What's happening in the market? I I know what's happening in the market. I'll tell you what, I'm getting tons of calls for uh, if people know about listings or something that's coming up or if they can sell them off-market and get one-time showings. I've been seeing that a ton. This last week has been kind of crazy on it. So we're uh, uh, actually lifestyle stuff, acreage, lakeshore, that kind of stuff.
1: I've been shocked, too, to see the – But I've been saying, I think I've been saying that for nine years. We're in December and I always keep thinking we're in August, you know, we're wrapping up the year, the year's over. I mean, this is, you, you still can't write a deal unless it's cash and close it by the end of the year. So we're already into 2020, whatever we're into next year. And, uh, the, I'm seeing a ton of enthusiasm, um, still because, you know, people have a lot of tenacity. They're not, they're not stopping. I mean, those that haven't gotten those properties, they're not going away. They're still looking. They're keeping one eye open while they're sleeping. So once the deals come, they're still going to them. Now, I've also observed the examples of what isn't working. So we, we've we listed a couple, I've seen a couple others that have been listed across the Twin Cities where all of a sudden they have 10, 15 days on market. And it doesn't always mean that that's a turd, it doesn't. I mean, I think everybody immediately goes, oh, what's wrong with it? You know. it it, a lot of times can be something as simple as having, um, you know, the property, uh, the timing. Um, Did they list it the day before Thanksgiving? Um, You know, did they, the Black Friday, they they listed on that when everybody else is shopping and they're listing a new house. I mean, there's timing issues, there's pricing issues, there's marketing issues. There's um, just straight up over, over being overzealous on the market price. I think that's probably the thing that we're most guilty of is that as prices have been going up, 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 up. And and now they've kind of done the old little bit flat, but they're still up, right? So it's like, they're still historically one of the best appreciation years I think we've ever had in the history of America. Um, And everybody's waiting for this burst. But the problem is, is the people that are pushing the market up are based on supply. They're not based on like, hey, I just got a a $50,000 bonus at work and I'm gonna go buy a new house. It's based on supply. So I think we're gonna struggle in the next year though, too, Chris. I because I don't see people seeing the I've been to two appointments this week where I sat down, showed them what their house was worth, then we looked at what we were gonna go buy, and they were hoping to downsize, and that market doesn't almost doesn't exist.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> yeah this market i think is is really interesting i think when you say when it's about to burst i mean you got to remember i mean all these people that i'm talking to either have at least 50 to 100% of the money that they're going to have into the property and that that is one thing that was not happening last time it burst everyone was really financing hardly any of it but I, to your point about um, listings lasting a, a little while and saying 10 to 15 days is like a long time and I mean, it kind of is. And I think we'll see. uh, We're going to go over a, a listing today that didn't sell. And when they didn't used to sell, it used to be, you know, 180 days or you'd have 360 days on the market. And now people are getting frustrated after 60 days and have to get rid of that listing because it's one of those things that, I mean, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And in this market, there is something wrong. And I think what people are doing. Uh, they're they're looking at what they think it's going to sell for and then base their list price on that versus price your home based on what the comps are and let the market dictate where you're going to go as as far as pricing goes because the market dictates that and it's only worth what someone's willing to sell for and what someone's willing to buy it for and I think too many people are looking at it and say well geez uh, I mean I thought I would get to get 320 you know 320. And I said, you know, we might get 320. We might get more if we're at 299, because that's where the prices are. And they said, well, we know about this one that our friends just sold. It sold two days ago, and it closes in three months. Well, nobody else knows that where it sold for and what they ended up getting for a price. So, but typically, those buyers in that individual pocket know that maybe they lost out. And so, what you got to do is you got to get these people to push these people. And that doesn't mean you underprice it and be crazy about it. No, you still have right. to give it the right the right value, but not like, you know, it's 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 really probably you know a 310 house. What I'm saying is, you might want to try 299, because now you're going to get these other people. Yeah, maybe they're not going to buy it, maybe they're not going to pay for it, but they can push their price. But it's the people that are looking at um, 315. That are coming down looking at that and say oh my gosh we haven't seen anything like this and then they'll pay 335.
1: You, do you remember that Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger movie, the Christmas movie where they filmed it here in the cities and then they he was he was driving all over town looking for Turbo Time, the the little like Turbo Guy doll or whatever? This yeah. would be great if you yeah, yeah, I remember. Okay. And uh he goes to the store and every time he'd get to the store, there'd be like one left. And so they go in there and he would go to grab the doll. Somebody else would grab the doll and they'd start a bidding war. So the people would go to the store to buy the turbo doll or I forget turbo man or whatever it was called. And, and then they'd sit there and go, I'll give you $200 more. Cause he wants it. It's that scarcity right now that's driving the market. It's, it's not the they're on half price right now. So, or people have so much money they're willing to walk in and pay whatever they want. It's, it's strictly, in, in my opinion, in, you know, in the twin cities that I've observed, a lot of it's driven by scarcity.
0: That just happened on jurassic park that indigo dinosaur went for 30 almost 30 million dollars started at 10 million
2: dang all right we got a special little segment coming up here it's the holiday season uh, the season of giving and we have a, a twin cities fundraiser um the back pocket productions they're doing this this magical christmas here's a little uh, intro video for them This year for best Christmas ever, we're trying to raise $20,000
3: for a family, uh, local family in need. It's a family of six, hardworking mom and dad with four kids, uh, all with special needs. Um, Anything helps, we're trying to basically put them up in a house, put them up in an apartment complex, something to get them out of this hotel. Anything helps here, the link is in our bio to donate. Let's get to 20K.
0: So Declan, going, man?
3: what's going on guys? Can you hear me? Yeah. How's it going, man? Doing great, man. How are you guys?
0: Good. Good. This guy looks like he's not in Minnesota either. What the heck?
3: No, I, so just to build some context for the, all the audience here. So I, um, uh, you know, I'm one of the co-founders of Back Pocket. My name's Declan. Um, and I, Back Pocket, has been my side hustle, And passion project for roughly five years now my friend and i andrew uh we um, started the back pocket podcast when we were juniors in college at the university of st thomas um the back pocket is um is a is basically a podcast and a production company highlighting stories of success from ordinary average people doing the extraordinary um and every year for all right and i so i currently and that's so that's my side also i i currently work as an engineer for pcl construction and I travel around the country building various projects. I'm currently at the nation's largest power plant uh, in Tonopah, Arizona, which is roughly 55 miles west. Um, I stepped out of work to take the call to call into you guys to talk about uh, the amazing charity that we are working on, as you guys just saw from that video. Um, so to build a little bit of context, so this family, uh, well, we, we get matched up with um, a different family every year through uh, the Best Christmas Ever charity. And this year, or last year, we were able to raise $10,000 for a family in need uh, in Minneapolis. We helped pay for a couple months of their rent, and they were actually in the middle of a court case with their landlord because they had missed a bunch of payments. So we helped bail them out of that, and then we also surprised them with a ton of gifts uh, around Christmas. Um, And we raised all that money just through the kindness of everybody's hearts within the back pocket community in the greater Minneapolis area. Um, So this year, we, uh, as you saw in that video, we're trying to raise um, $20,000 or more, um, and we're going to be, uh, our, our sponsored family this year is a family of six who's living out of a hotel. Um, right now, we've, we've been working on the project for about a month, and what we decided, or, or kind of the best option or option route of progress is to find, um, obviously, a home for this family and trying to get them out of a hotel. Um, but we're going to try and do a, we're trying to look for someone Uh, who'd be interested in a seller finance deal Um, and we're basically we'd be raising the money uh, to put down to help the family out with the down payment and then uh, rent uh, going forward. So that's kind of our story right now. I'm sure you guys have questions or things that that you would like to address. So the floor is yours.
0: Well, I think what's interesting, first of all, from a seller finance perspective for for the listeners, that's when uh, typically an owner becomes the bank. And, and they're mm-hmm. going to finance it for these people and um you know it's it's the same way it works with a loan but they, they purchase it they'll give you a, a down payment and then you take it uh from there and, and base the interest rate and everything on that so uh, is this family uh employed then definitely
3: yes so the family um is uh, the mom is working the dad is unable to work due to health conditions and the oldest daughter works so they have um a, a solid combined income they also um uh they also are, and, the and but then the other issue too which is why we went with this why we're looking to do a seller finance deal is because um they have had a hard time uh getting a down payment on a or securing a loan on a house uh due to their low credit score um which so we're so they we're also looking to find someone to help with credit repair um, uh, and do consulting with them to kind of help eliminate and, and we're assuming eliminate, eliminate and raise that credit score. Um, so that's another reason why we're going with the seller finance, because they're, they're going to have a hard time securing a loan with their current situation.
1: They, uh, so whatever we can do to help you guys out too, those of you that are listening to the show, um, uh, we'll put a link, um, onto the site onto our uh, Facebook and I'm sure Nick can help us find where we can put that. So if you wanna contribute or if you know somebody that has a situation like this, I have a few resources. Um, I'll make a few calls myself. I uh, know a couple of uh, very generous um, property owners that own multiple properties that have done uh, charity renting in the past. And maybe they would be interested in doing
3: a charity sale. Um, oh, that would be awesome, man. And, and also uh, if it ends up being just a rental situation or whatever is most feasible, really our goal um which put, like is is the energy that we carry which is we want to show up to this family's doorstep or hotel's doorstep and basically surprise them with the news that they no longer have to live in a hotel i mean this is six people um in a hotel room and the and the kids all have special needs um and are all kind of in their teenage years and they're all sharing a single bedroom uh hotel room and so that's really what we're trying to stay keen and focused on so you know if it's the sale Um, that would be great. Or if it's a charitable rental thing where we can raise money to cover them, to get them off their to get them out of this, uh, situation into a better situation. Like we're open to basically any sort of, uh, help. So I really appreciate that, man.
0: Declan, is there there an area that they're looking to be in? Are the kids in school, do they need to stay close to that? Or is it, uh, kind of open within the Metro? um,
3: it's, uh, roughly open in the Metro. Their preference is Hennepin County.
0: Staying in Hennepin County.
3: Yeah, if possible. Um, okay. but I've also, so another cool thing is I'm working with the family's, uh, real estate agent who they've been, who's basically just been helping them show different houses and take on these opportunities. And he's been really good to work with in terms of, uh, just knowing, knowing the the various processes to go through. So, um, this, this is kind of the information that we're working with. So like the family could be potentially like going on tours or go, you know, meeting these different owners or various things, but they'll have no idea that like we're behind the whole thing, which is kind of cool.
2: Nice. How far away are
0: you from your goal? Yeah, I was gonna um, add,
3: that was a question I almost interrupted you asking. Yeah. Okay. So we are currently at roughly 15 to 20% of our goal right now. Um, and we have roughly we we have roughly what, what's today's date? Is this today's the eighth? Yep. Uh, yeah. So we have roughly 14 days. Um, so two weeks to, until we surprise this family, we're looking to surprise the family on the 23rd.
0: Okay. So uh, what are the the roadblocks in, in doing situations? Uh, I think he's back working. He's back on the, uh, he's back on the power plant. Help. No. <laughs> um,
3: so, so yeah, so roadblocks, um, there's all kinds of them, but we're grateful for them, right? The obstacle is the way, um, is typically what we like to say. Um, you know, the, the, the roadblocks right now is just getting organized, uh, is well, not organized, but just, um, you know, finding, finding the opportunities, uh, for these, for, for, uh, for the family. I mean, we, I've had a bunch of different calls with people um, to basically hash out, um, a different, a couple different living scenarios to pursue. And, uh, it's just a process that, um, takes a little bit of time to follow through with. Um, raising the money has been really awesome. It's been, we, we have a few events, uh, coming up that we're going to be using to basically push. And, uh, this is our second time doing this. And I would say this year, more than any, we're focusing on, uh, Trying to formulate different pitches to corporations and uh, various people that we know um, who own businesses to try and get creative and work on like you know garnering different match deals and um, uh, using the the hype of the community and the momentum of the community to kind of increase our sales um, and and donations Um, and it's been it was really cool to and surprising to raise ten grand last year and basically we're doubling that and and going even further Um, so just that the challenge of of that is really what we're up against. And it's it's really just a fun process to um, continue to be surprised by the generosity of others.
0: And it becomes word of mouth and uh, mm-hmm. just getting it out there to as many people as you can. Exactly. And Andy's got a really big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so you know.
3: As do I, man.
0: <laughs>
1: going on? And uh, we, we would like to encourage our, Um, audience to donate to um, back pocket. We'll make sure the links are below Um, and Declan, what we'd like to do is we'll match dollar for dollar up to a thousand dollars. So hopefully we can raise, you know, 20 or $2,000 for you guys. Um, You know, donation comes in, we match it all the way up to a thousand bucks, 500 bucks each for Chris and I. And uh, hopefully that can help your family out and get you guys uh, going in the right direction and, and uh, make some,
3: Awesomeness happened. Dude, right on. Thanks, fellas. Really appreciate that, Chris and Andy. Um, you guys are total rock stars. I appreciate you guys um having me on and just letting me kind of share the story of what's going on. And yeah, like you said, word of mouth is one of those one of the most uh effective tools and just kind of building the the energy and kind of sharing sharing the story, man. I mean, it, it gives me goosebumps thinking about the opportunity that we have to like show up at this family's door here and uh, 14, 15 days, and and surprise them with some good news. I think that just that energy right there is infectious, and we're excited to uh, continue this journey. So I really appreciate you guys.
0: I can't tell you, how, to you. I don't. I don't know how it started and all that kind of thing, but I have every time like I'll get stuck on Facebook, and I try to stay off of Facebook, but I'll get stuck <laughs> on Facebook when it's it's stories like that, and then it's like mm. it's just trying to help people out. And I can imagine um, the feeling that it is to be able to go up to someone and, and basically change their life, change their condition. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think sometimes, um, you know, in this whole COVID thing, a lot of us got pretty hard because uh, a lot of us got stiffed pretty hard <laughs> on yeah. uh, people not paying and just taking advantage of it. And so there's a family that's, that's out there that, uh, I mean, I mean, living in a hotel room, six of them with special needs, And um, is there any way that you could talk? Because we have a lot of our industry that listens to this. And I think kind of getting some more of the details so they could, and I don't know if you can share that, but you know, like what kind of income they have or what kind of credit scores they have to be able to, they might know of something or know someone that could handle uh, something like that. But I think if it's, you know if it's so far off that's that's gonna be a, a a challenge for anyone because I mean it's still an investment for someone that has it and they're not just gonna you know I mean it's much more it'll be much more than twenty thousand that they'll end up uh being in charge of you know they'll get some money for it but I mean the investment might be three four hundred thousand dollars can you talk a little to that
3: yeah 100 percent um the so the combined family income is roughly fifty eight hundred. Uh, their preferred, uh, like, uh, monthly or their, their budget range that they're looking for is roughly 25 to 2,800, um, for a mortgage. Um, and then their credit score is below 620, which is, um, one of the issues that we are running into. Um, and like you said, man, yeah, the 20 K, uh, was, was basically was it, the story really was, we were thinking, you know, let's double, let's just, let's just double what we did last year, see what we can do. But really it, what it turned into is just reaching for even further and reach as far as we possibly can to the point where we're showing up at this family's home, uh, house and basically telling them that they have a new place to live. Um, and that's, that's really where we're setting our goal. We're going to, we're going to scratch and claw and get as far as we can. If we, you know, if we, if we fall flat, um, you know, that's, that is what it is. Um, and really we're just excited. Like we want to set that goal and, and, and fall flat, knowing that we at least tried. Um, and that's, and that's, what's really important here. Uh, but yeah, so that's, th- those are, that's the information that I know. I know that they also want to stay in Hennepin County. Um, and, uh, basically I'm open to all, uh, any different opportunities that you guys may have.
2: Well, that's
0: awesome. Yeah. I think, uh, we can, uh, try to help here for sure. And, uh, so th- there's a link in everything. And I know, uh, Nickel will, put that in here, but, uh, what else, Andy? You think? I mean, no,
1: I think I just think that that's it. You know, let's uh, put our charitable boots on and let's let's help these guys climb out of this hole. You know, let's uh, talk about. You know, a lot of people don't donate to charities because they don't understand. This is pretty local, pretty sure. pretty uh, easy to understand, and it's a family that's trying to do it and they just can't get there. And sometimes that little push that we can help, you know, get somebody moving in the right direction can change lives, and and uh, that's. Boy, what a, what a great way to end the year, um, helping a, a great family um, with all kinds of crazy pressure on them. And uh, to relieve that would be would be a treat. So. All right, everybody. So make sure. Um, Declan, thank you for coming on. Um, I, I, we'll wrap it up. Gonna let you get back to your job. We appreciate that. Um, keep us in the loop. We want to hear the success story, too. And uh, what we'll do is maybe we can share your podcast along with ours and uh, kind of show the day that you guys go out there and I, I, we'd, we'd love to hear all about it.
3: Yeah, we will definitely be in touch. I'll definitely keep you guys in the loop, Chris and Andy. Thank you guys for having me on.
1: All right, brother, uh, appreciate you.
3: All right, take care. Yep.
0: You know, I think it's interesting in some of those situations. I mean, we run into those kind of buyers that, that need stuff and sometimes that credit uh, going down under 620, which is not horrible. Uh, there used to be loans that you could easily get with that, but uh, sometimes that, and, I, and just kind of reading between the lines, that it might be medical conditions, that they're maybe not having been able to pay back on some of the medical stuff, and that that's a lot different than just not paying your bills uh, from a can taking a chance from a, a seller doing it. So um, you
1: have that many, Can you imagine that many people? fighting for the bathroom just to brush your teeth or find a comfortable space to, uh, to get away for a couple minutes and, you know, and just read or get, you know, just clear your head. I mean, that, uh, that sounds absolutely struggling. I, I, I can't hardly breathe thinking about it. I mean that I'd be smothered in that situation. So that's, that's, sure. I think why we both believe in it. So that's great. So I appreciate uh, Nick helped us select um, um that guest Declan and uh, the, back pocket and let's do it guys.
0: I, I think it would be really cool um Andy because I, I saw on some sort of social media that you were clearing trees on a lot on Lake Ida and I'm thinking if they're fine to move out of Hennepin County that maybe you can put them up in your cabin that probably has five bathrooms and seven bedrooms. Uh
1: yeah no I don't have anything up there right now I think I'm gonna be after Paying off that bill for for cleaning up the trees, I'm going to be sleeping in a tent.
0: <laughs> I, I was going to say you need. It looked like on some of those pictures you needed an igloo.
1: Oh, it's cold I'll up tell there! You what did you you know, It was so cool because the lake um it's, it's a bigger you know it's a I don't know four thousand acre lake or whatever it is, and so it's, it's and it's really deep so it's really big, and all of a sudden the temperatures dropped up there on Monday to one degree, and this the lake was just steaming like a hot cup of coffee. And as it was coming across, it was coming right at us. Um, of course, the winds were blowing about 15 miles an hour, 20 miles an hour. And it was sticking to all the trees. So all the trees looked like they were flocked, like at a Christmas tree lot. It was, it was like all of a sudden we show up and we're in this winter wonderland. It was, it was stunning and gorgeous. And we, it was us and the, and the two guys, you know, running the equipment trying to, and all we did, we bought a wooded lot that we were trying to, you know, take the trees out of the middle. And um, this is a great project for a company like that at the end of the year um gives them a chance um to uh you know keep the guys working but i was shocked when they called me and said they wanted to come out on monday it's one degree up there it was like six here in the cities but it was one and they're up there all dressed in orange and green and you know so they i don't know it was fun it's so out of my element that's something that i don't do so for me to just sit there and watch the equipment running was was uh fun
2: in terms of money we have no money
0: <laughs> All right, try uh try paving that thing now. Four hundred and fifty <laughs> feet. <laughs> Jeez. We had we had a model um last year it was four it was four hundred and fifty feet. Yeah, pretty yeah. much and that that driveway was uh fifty fifty-two thousand dollars. Fifty-two thousand bucks <laughs> just for the driveway, if you think about yeah. that. And that's the I mean building on acreage and, and like you're doing as well. There's a lot of extra costs that people don't really think of. So if you're out looking at models um, and things, there's, there's the land cost, there's the house cost, and then there's site conditions. And a lot of people forget about that little site condition thing. But if you, if you're on acreage, you have well, you have septic, you have probably a a big driveway or a long driveway Mm -hmm. uh, in which to be able to do, you might have some tree clearing, uh, Mm -hmm. extra extra grading, and then whatever your landscape allowances, it just. I mean, it's exponential over if you're in a city lot.
1: Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting too. Like, you know, I'm very visual. So when I was uh, when I was up on the land and a lot of the, the, the trees that we had now, granted, if you love trees, no matter what the species, then you're not going to like what I'm going to say. But a lot of the trees were junk trees that would eventually end up falling on the, on the house or the cabin. There some poplars that were growing up and they were, you know, 50 feet tall and that's about as big as they get. And then they usually die and then they fall on stuff, and then you're cleaning them up. So there was some of that going on. But by the time I cleared the building pad, I was shocked at how much we had to take out of there to just clear where you could, you know, potentially build a cabin. And then I thought, you know what, I want to be able to pull in there and turn around with a with a trailer on, like if you have a pontoon or something. And um, so by the time you do all that, I'm like, my God, I think I removed, you know, a ton of trees. But you really – it's just – it's shocking how – I don't know, just – That's why I did it, because I need to visualize step by step what what happens in that process. And
0: well, don't you do that with forests as well? I mean, that's how you don't have forest fires. You got to get rid of some of that stuff because all it is is fire starters. Um, But the other thing is, Andy, I got to remember, you know, you're you were you were worried about some of the tree people that would get mad at you for saying that. And that's the difference between um, this podcast and and when we were on the radio show. We don't have to watch Definitely. out for that anymore. We can say whatever we want.
1: Well, you know, and, and then if anybody that knows me, I'm very strategic on how I plant things. So, like in my current house where I live in the cities here, um, I've I planted trees so from my deck it would block their deck or their view or whatever. So I have about forty trees planted in my current yard in in Minneapolis, and I'm gonna do the same thing there. I just want to strategic. I want the trees to be where I want them. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You no, know, no, nah, nah,
2: we ain't giving no me over now. making a party, chocolate barbie, <laughs> that, That's good.
0: That uh, that is when the when the parents show up, it's always like, oh boy, here we go. This this showing just went from uh, twenty minutes to an hour and twenty. <laughs> Especially if the kids like it the parents don't want them to be there.
1: Well, and and dads are roofs, windows, furnace. Yeah, yeah.
0: big, big expenses. But that is, uh, you know, I, I actually prefer it. I would, every time the more people that go to an inspection, it kind of takes it off the realtor, the more it takes it off the realtor, because there's sometimes after people buy their house, especially during this COVID time, where people were able to buy houses because they for, for went or foregoed the uh, inspection. And then all of a sudden it becomes the realtor's problem and the realtor made the mistake the realtor should have done it. And it's the realtor's fault. And the thing is, is that us as realtors, I mean, we're there to be able to help you and guide you, but we're not attorneys. We don't, we didn't, we didn't screw up the house. We didn't make it, uh, you know, make the furnace go out. We didn't do that stuff. And I think sometimes um, people pin that on them because they just don't want it on themselves. And so they have to blame, they have to blame someone else. But I, seen that many times over the years and owning a brokerage and and seeing it with your different agents it's it's quite entertaining so
2: all my ladies pop your bets with it Hey, this one was for Andy. Cause he always knocks on uh, agents doing these, these dorky things. Is this pretty dorky or what?
1: I didn't even read the words they were saying. I was so confused by your sweater.
0: Um, <laughs> They're doing workshops, Andy. Those are your realtor meetings. You do them all the time. You have team meetings. All- all do you guys yeah, do as that? I,
1: said, I got nothing else to do. So let's pretend I'm doing something chops.
0: What if that's building team camaraderie and, uh, and enjoying each other's company kind of like you do your, your Christmas parties.
1: Yeah, maybe. All
0: right. <laughs> you just had another one. Did you, did you just have another one? I thought I saw maybe. something on social media. Did you do the movie thing? Yeah,
1: I did a big one on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, How'd you find depreciation uh, event?
0: So you're cutting down trees and having movie parties this weekend.
1: Yes. I'm going oh. for broke at the end of the year here. I, uh,
0: no, it was fun. Spending our, all that money. Annual, what's that? Spending all that money you made.
1: No, actually, this is something we budget for all year long. We uh it it's planned. We we do a uh client appreciation event movie theater. Got to skip last year, so the prizes were twice as good this year, and uh because we had the fun from last year. So um well, I guess we did a photo session last year too, but um the uh movie theater movies you know we we got the donuts the the coffee every registers and then they go and they win uh prizes and then um we were doing the hashtag you know tag the the event and so it was kind of fun and then they could win another prize um and then it uh you know and then they did some fun photos where they had like a photo booth prop set up and, and then they got the movie all the concessions were covered and it uh it's always a big event we always get a couple hundred the, the last time we did it we had over 450 um because it was a star wars star wars release and this year i still think you know you could kind of see there were some people walking in with no mask on right and then some people walking in with a mask on and then there was a lot of people that were kind of hesitant you know and, and it's it's still we're, we're, we're not healed yet right so we're we're still on the other side of this crazy whatever it is and so it was interesting i was really excited to see a couple hundred people come out anyway and uh, and uh, this some... past week, Laura, we've
0: sat down with about 15 real estate agents. I'm going to say half of them understood why they should do branding. The yeah. other half didn't. What is your take on this?
3: Yeah, at the end of the
1: day, personal branding is really about your reputation. It's about what people have to say about you when you're not in the room. But how would they know what to say about you unless you're putting something out there for the world to see?
2: Now, do they always have to be speaking real estate?
1: no i like to go by the 60 40
3: rule okay 60
1: of the time you should be talking about real estate because that's your bread and butter right 40 of the time though you should be dabbling in some bits and pieces of things that you're passionate about your hobbies
3: your interests
0: not that you look like an elephant because you're in gray but if you like elephants you can talk about elephants because you might be doing business with people that love elephants you got it i love that what do you think about personal branding andrew
1: um i i've been uh I've been a fan of that, Chris, since 1999. <laughs> I've, been, I've been doing my own little uh, yellow ovals everywhere. And it, it's easy sometimes to forget the importance of that. But I, I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. Back back in the day, um, I used to put up my oval signs everywhere up in Rogers when I was doing a lot of new construction. I would get a lot of existing people in the marketplace saying, hey, you're, you know, you got your signs everywhere. your open house every weekend. You're hardworking. Let's hire you to sell our existing house, too. So I had a really good presence in that area. Well, then I even logoed my truck where I put my yellow oval on my truck with my Remax. And I had, uh, It got to the point where I'd have people come to the open house and say, you're that guy. I've seen your truck for years ripping around Rogers. And, you know, and we always wondered who, if you were a racing team or if you were a whatever. And then I realized you're a real estate agent. And I'm like, yeah, so there was a little confusion on the branding. I, I branded my truck too much to look like a race car, so I had the back, you know, the logo on the rear of the tailgate and the. So I, I, then I I started logoing it appropriately, but um, so it looked more like a business. But you know, I remember the, 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 the first years. time I, the first
0: time I met you, and actually when you started going on the radio show, and you started adding stuff to your car, and it was like there's not one spot that you could miss. <laughs> like, this car was like just plastered all along it.
1: You know, and, and I, I've had to, uh, I, I right now have a, you know, a, a black pickup truck. And then I did like, um, the truck is shiny. And then I did fat uh, flat black letters on it now. So it's very subtle. Um, I had customers of mine literally saying, hey, is there any other vehicle you could drive out to my house? I don't want all my neighbors to know I'm putting my house up for sale. And so I used to pull up because I'm like, hey, hey promotion time. Let's, everywhere I'd go, I'd promote, right? So now I also do that with a trailer. I have a uh, a moving trailer people use. And I've had people call me and say, what the hell are you doing down in Iowa? And I'm like, I'm not in Iowa. I got somebody, you know, hauling stuff from Iowa to Minneapolis. Or, you know, I had one out in South Dakota. I've had them in Wisconsin, all over northern Minnesota. And it's funny how that brand, it's important. And if anything else it remembers, it triggers people to say, hey, I saw you. You know, and that's that human nature. They want to say hi to you. Even if that's I'm not in- driving the, the rig, you
0: know, that's interesting. I bought in, I think it's gosh, it's 2015 already. I bought a Tesla and there wasn't a lot of Teslas around in 2015 No. and uh, especially south of the river. And that's what would happen. I would get calls from other people that would see my car around there. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. very protective of that. And so I started switching uh, cars with my wife when I was out and about or going to an appointment that maybe I knew a few clients in that neighborhood, just for the plain fact that uh, just, you just don't want to have that problem. And then the other thing is, is when you first go out to an appointment, maybe they're just thinking about it. And then all of a sudden a neighbor who is a realtor sees it as well and says, Hey, if you're thinking about selling or a neighbor looks at it and says, gosh, if you're selling, my kid would love to buy it. And so it was kind of one of those things that, you hit it, but there is other people that come and their car is decked out and that's what they want. They want people to see it and put it out there. And I think it's just word of mouth and top of mind, I think is the biggest thing when you talk about branding. You just want them to remember you when it's time to sell their house or to buy a house. And hopefully uh, you can get that across without uh, making it it bad for them.
1: Talk talk about the original placement ad, right? I mean, where you're Putting your brand image in front of the audience that you want to see it. The neighborhood where you like selling houses, you pull in and they see your truck or they see your car and they recognize and remember. And, and that's what you're looking for anyway. I mean, nowadays, a lot of it's done through algorithms and through, you know, uh, predictable analytics and all these other fancy things that we use to take, take a, a neighborhood and like have our ads popping up in front of them. But Back in the day, that was how you did it. Or you'd put a sign at the end of the street saying, for sale down the road, even if you didn't have a house for sale down the road, just to get your brand in front of people so they might call you. <laughs>
2: want to own hell real estate? Then you better do, you these, better three do to these three your ass. things to protect your ass. Sets. Sets. First, you First, you want to incorporate. Own your incorporate, properties in LLCs, LLCs, and as you grow, spread the properties across multiple LLCs owned by a holding company, preferably in a business-friendly state like Nevada, Wyoming, or Delaware. Then you want to get some good insurance. Start with liability on your rentals, Add an umbrella policy for yourself when your net worth increases, and if you're a real badass, DNO and ENO policies. Last but not least, keep your business as poor as possible and keep your personal assets in a trust. Lawyers love trusts in states like Nevada and South Dakota. Parting words: Don't be a dumbass and do this yourself. Take this TikTok to your attorney and get some guidance.
0: I like how I, I, I like how I left that at the end. Um, there's a, a lot of those things that you're talking about. I, the first one I want to hit on is the LLCs and putting your properties in those. I did that um, in the, boy, well, I still have, I still have a, a fourplex. Um, but since I started buying investment properties in 1993, so what is that, 28 years? 28 years of owning uh, those properties, I did uh, do LLCs and separate LLCs. And the whole idea is, is that if something happens at that building, they can't go after the other stuff because the llc owns it and then they can't go back after you well there's a there's a there's a point of tax returns and having 25 of them gets very expensive in which to do and so if you have 25 different llc's and you're doing that and you have separate checkbooks and you're doing separate meetings for each one of them i mean it's a it's easier said than done is, is what i'm getting at yeah. on the yeah. llc part
1: we we've had where people have also had the asset go into an LLC, and then they have a management company that manages that asset. And so they keep the the asset separate from the, the work, if you will, or the services um, intentionally. So you have one service company servicing all of your um, asset pool, but you still have to do taxes. You still have to do everything individually if you file it that way to protect yourself.
0: It's firewalls. You're trying to keep people away yeah, from yeah. your money. And so you're, yeah. you're taking it. And so what they're doing, I mean, those people are doing, is they're maybe not taking that uh, money personally. Their management company is taking that money. And then they can deduct things a lot more business-wise versus personal. So, yeah, I exactly. think if you're going to get into investment properties and things like that, mm-hmm. the best investment you can make is sitting down with an attorney and a tax accountant and to figure out kind of your plan and kind of where, where you want to be because it's really hard to figure it out later on after you started accumulating things and then redoing it. Because there's some things that people don't know, such as uh, if you buy a property and you get title insurance or owner's title insurance on it, and maybe you brought it, bought it in Andy and Lisa Prasky's name, and then Andy and Lisa Prasky quit claimed it to Prasky Limited LLC. Well, at that time, Andy and Lisa are gonna lose, their LLC is gonna lose that uh, owner's policy and that and production, because it's a new owner, it goes to a new owner. So if Andy would have maybe talked to an attorney ahead of time, he could have said to that title company, hey, if I flip it into this LLC, I want you to still be able to cover it. And that's happened to a lot of people and I've seen a lot of problems with that. Because um, owner's title policy is, it's only worth something if you need it, but when you need it, it's a huge thing to be able to have.
2: Turn to all my brags turn to facts. All my hunters turn to racks. All my ladies turn to snacks. SUVs black on, V's black on. SUVs black on black. I was up, but now I'm back on track. That's a fact. <laughs> Filet mignon, that's on Jack. I didn't turn the penthouse sweet into my natural habitat. I just got my taxi back. That sh- cut my cash in half. And, and it hurt. Main chicks say I'm a flirt. Older women mm-hmm. fall for me. I make them press that life alert. I just took a flight back to the
0: A. I'm ready get right to work. Nick, can you play your uh, initial video, please?
1: I was to say do you have any Dramamine?
0: That that the oh, I got I got something I want to add a little. And that that actual last video.
1: Wait, you, you cut off the best part. He's crazy. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> it's <like> crazy. <laughs> but uh, hey, I that that video right there. I think is very impactful. I think that that music kind of gets you to, you want to kind of listen through it. They hit on all the stuff that they're supposed to kind of moving around. But when they'd stop, you got to see it. And to me, I would probably look at that one again. And I think that could be really cool and kind of a, maybe a modern or just something different. It, it makes you stand out. And I'm going say it, I'm going to say it again because I've said it so many times. That could be a perfect one. For Andy Brasky again. And just adding Andy in there doing something like his weird when he does his weird stuff, I think would be perfect. so, I think Nick thinks so too. I think that's why he keeps playing these things. We're going to get you to do it.
1: No, nobody wants to see me on video. Yes, it's bad do. enough they have to watch this on Facebook.
0: What do you think, uh, Nick? You're a little melanin. I'm to go Andy back Buckley down first. From?
2: I had to go back downstairs to charge, so I can't talk because they're it's loud. I'm gonna do a share screen. Hold on a second.
0: This is scary, Andy. Share screen.
2: Row.
1: There we go.
0: We are uh, looking at a house that did not sell, Mr. Prasky.
1: Okay. I don't well, think do the it. reason is
0: because of, that, uh, because of that kitchen, I'll tell you that.
1: Well, look at the size of that lot. 5,000 square feet. Okay. It might be the smallest lot in the town. That's like in a... Okay.
0: In St. Louis Park, four-bedroom, two-bath, uh, almost okay. 2,000 square feet. I think this one was... Well, look,
1: at, look at the... Chris, out the window, you see that roof line? Um, yeah. Interesting thing. I mean, I wonder if you're up high... Like, they put the kitchen upstairs.
0: just like the side of a garage, because the, the other roof oh, sure. Maybe. Yep, OK. I think, yeah, I think that's what it is. But um, okay. well, that looks nice. I mean, in, in St. Louis Park, getting a, a big kitchen like that is, yeah. is not easy to do. I think yeah. this one, I think this price. Uh, What's it listed at? Let me see. Uh, it's not listed anymore. It was listed. And uh, I think it was a Webster. Go to the very top, Chris. I think it was 450 before Andy um, and, it didn't, okay. and it didn't sell. So maybe they
1: over invested just a little bit because yeah, I don't it see any, and with this one picture, I don't see any bad decisions yet.
0: Yeah, right. So let's get some more pictures there, Nicky. I mean, anytime they start concentrating on the kitchen and doing multiple photos at the very beginning, that might tell me something's wrong with the outside.
1: Well they or they spent a hundred grand on the kitchen, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it does say on the old listing, Andy, that it was uh it needed a brand new roof and it came back on the on the market.
1: Well,
0: keep going, Nick. More Nick, Why don't
1: you roll through all the photos and then we'll come back and go through them slower? Yeah. That'll I think that'll be better for us to kind of keep rolling through them, bud. There we go. Just
0: keep going. Nice ceiling. Yeah. We still haven't seen Split the front. Entry. Looks yep. pretty busy in the back there.
1: Back to the kitchen again.
0: <laughs> yeah, the kitchen's pretty popular.
1: Yeah, I would have thought they would have took that center mall out of there, but that's all right. Let's keep rolling.
0: Keep rolling. Just keep going. Small area there. Nice bath- bathroom. Basement. And nice basement though, St. Louis Park. That's not a bad place.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Those are decent ceilings for it. Kind of a little theater area. Mhm. Clean, very clean. Mhm. Split entry. Okay, well, they're, they're okay. So here's.
1: That's not that's not that bad. That looks like a nice oh, place. I know
0: a split in a split entry in um, Saint Louis Park is 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 different, but that's fine.
1: That was an infill house for sure because they probably took down a. Maybe a house burnt down or something, and then they rebuilt it in the
0: yeah, 70s or 80s
1: they, or something.
0: wonder where the garage is. I'm guessing yeah, it's not hey,
1: attached. Oh. Yeah, there you go. They yeah, got to go so out, they, and down, and back. back.
0: So your side yard is next to a – is that this one's garage? Let's see.
1: Yeah, I think that's the backyard, Chris, right? So that's just showing the deck right. off the back. Right. And then there's their garage, right? Straight back.
0: So they're off off an alley, two car garage though.
1: Yeah, no, right they with the little in. grass there for the dogs or whatever, and
0: not yeah, not a tiny all the way down to the alley. Cute, and that's uh yeah, there's some there's something. I mean, you know what could happen on, on something like that? Uh, let's see, Andy. It only last lasted fifty five days on the market, but that okay. was uh, through. Um, August. I mean that was that's a lot of house. So I'm wondering if that roof was a bigger problem and or we're not seeing the full story here. It did we because go that, if we go back to, all day long for 450. I mean it's four bedrooms too.
1: Yeah, Nick roll back slow up to that where the garage is showing the the house in the back. Um we might be able to see the roof a little better. Keep going. Maybe from the alley view. Right there. Uh, I guess you really can't see Kenya. Can
0: yeah, they're not showing it. Okay. So it's, when you go there, there must be something more to it. You know, look at all those electrical lines, though. I mean, it looks like they're almost crisscrossing on top. And yeah. then you can see, uh, is that a shadow on below too? Or is that, yeah, that's a shadow from the lines. So there might be lines. Is, that, all is over there somebody there. standing
1: there on the side of the house? Oh, it's a flower or something. something
0: awning, yeah. That's a cute house. I'm surprised.
1: I, I agree with you, man. I actually like it a lot.
0: No. So uh, we can't we can't rip on this one. I I just think there's things we're not seeing, and they. Well, they're they're at really that siding off. is
1: bubbled there, where the deck board is moved. You see that the deck moved, and then it shifted the siding over, where it's bubbled right there above the window. Yep. <laughs> that's that's fixable. That's not a that's not a don't buy the house. That you can see, an, an experienced agent would point that out. That that's the deck ledger moving.
0: That's uh, that's that's sh- that's showing thousands of homes to pick that out like that on that picture. That's an impressive, Andrew. Sometimes those little ornamental things in the middle are yeah. better to be left off, you know. But look at this. I mean, the flowers are nice. The flag gives color. the The bushes are all in great condition. I mean, this one yeah. this one's I, a mystery I, I, to me.
1: I agree. I kind of forgive that, that uh, accent there.
0: It must be just I my
1: wife take one of those out of the kitchen and maybe they bought it and put it on the front of their house.
0: You know, sometimes so you-, you can't see quality on photos too. So,
1: Yeah, true. Well, the ceilings in the basement are drop ceilings. Some people aren't in love with those, but that's okay. Maybe that's just those rooms. And then upstairs they did like the beadboard, right?
0: Yep. Let's well, knock down oh,
1: it's popcorn ceiling, okay.
0: Yeah, popcorn in the basement for the most part. I think that Which was just okay. long
1: I think people used to when everything was popcorn. Everybody wanted knockdowns, and now I don't think people care anymore.
2: So, what kind of advice would you give to a person that that couldn't get their home sold like this? I mean, that's pretty crazy, huh?
1: List with a list with a different agent, maybe do a different marketing approach. I, I don't well, know. If I, I'd that. look at the feedback too, though. I'd I'd want to see the feedback if I was the second. know turn agent coming in and saying hey show me what you got for feedback how many showings did you have um because that house should have popped but maybe at 400 maybe not 450 i don't know yeah
0: and i don't know i don't see what the agent did wrong here i think they did uh i mean i think it looked it's presented well i think one of the things they did is focused on this kitchen way too much i think when you do that and you don't show the front until the end when it's a nice front you're, you're yeah. saying something's wrong with it so i think that i think that's the only thing that i would have said this agent kind of didn't really do this is interesting hey this picture right here okay so when you this could have looked so much bigger if this thing in the middle of the table was gone and then you see those things on the countertop maybe yep. keep the knives but all those other things if you get those off that kitchen totally has a different appearance and it's much bigger but when you show okay. you you want this stuff on there when you show it
1: I could see where that ceiling up there might throw me off too. Cause it looks like it's flat painted white, you know, and look at the gapping on it. it looks like it could be a distraction.
0: Yeah, like you maybe Versus if
1: they would have left it natural wood. Um, it probably would have, you wouldn't have noticed. And that could be the, the photo being a little distorted too, but it looks like the lines aren't perfectly straight. And so like something like that would throw me off on a house, but I I, I could fix that. Right.
0: Yeah. I don't think they did. They had no price it wrong or there was some weird, weird stuff. Um, Cause that's, that's a nice house.
1: You know, it's funny. Is that like, so a house like this, um, they call you and you go out there and you talk to them and you're, you're trying to help them figure this out as an agent. And then um, they're like, oh, well we had seven offers, but they were all for like 440, 445. And we wanted 450. And that's where I go. Wow. That poor agent. The, the market just told you what your house is worth and you ignored it. You're being arrogant, right? I mean, you're, you're to the point of where you think it's worth more than the market will pay. If you've got offers on your property, you know, especially multiple offers and they're all at a certain range, that's the range of the market will pay for your house, my friends. And that like it or not, that is, unfortunately that is the range. So what I think you're seeing a lot of people's things like, can I, can I get this price? If I can't, I'm not going to sell. And that that's a nightmare for a selling agent too, because, now we're making an investment into a property to help you sell it if so we can get the number that you can get. And there's times where I've been backing away from listings because there's just I, I can't get you there and I'm not going to waste my money and your time or my reputation on trying to put a house up for sale that won't sell. On the other hand, if, if we go above my suggested list price, I've taken on listings where I say, no problem, I'll do it, but you pay for the advertising and we're going to run this for 30 days. If it doesn't pop in 30 days, um, we're pulling it off the market right and so maybe that's what they did there where they just tried it to see if they could get it
2: cool amazing so we definitely should uh put the fundraiser on the facebook we'll do a little video for it probably uh two weeks it yeah. was the the timetable they said but um any final things you guys got
0: no i just i hope i hope people can um donate some money um and and get it to that project. I think we're we're definitely going to do that. And um, if you can find yourself, and if you if you have a property that might work for them, let us know.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, and and for whatever it's worth, check out the Back Pocket podcast. See what uh, what you guys think of it too. And and um, I, I like the idea of having a I grassroots like- local charity. It's giving money to a local family. Um, there's not a big building downtown you have to pay for to house all their employees. And I think that's the biggest problem with charity right now is that it's not a lot of times tangible. And, um, there, there's a couple um, charities that I know a local realtor buddy of mine, um, just started where 100% of the donation goes to the cause. And what they do is they raise money themselves for the, to cover the cost of their operations. So when you give a donation, it goes right to the, the deal. Cause he goes, people won't give if you if your costs are too high. You know, it's kind of interesting. So we're we're getting picky with our, our donations, but I don't blame people. You hear about, you know, people making a million dollars running a nonprofit. That's crap. I mean, that's, anyway.
2: Amazing. Don't forget to check us out on iTunes, Spotify. We do the live video version on Facebook, Thursdays at 8 a.m. Leave us a review. Watch our digestible clips, three of them each week on Facebook. And have a wonderful day. Donate.